Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. It's Saturday morning to you. It's just after 8 o'clock here in actually the city of Seattle and all up and down the West Coast. We get another edition of Drive Time on the way and going. I am your congenial host, New York Vinny, here for you every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock where we talk cars, car culture. That's why we call the show Drive Time, not because that's the time that people drive back and forth to work, although there is a certain hook in there about that as well. And we got uh, our annual our seventh annual. Now, I don't know if this is the seventh one we've done, but seven just sounds like a good number. I was born on the seventh. So when I was putting up the uh, banner for YouTube, I said, why not just call it the seventh annual Christmas show? Seventh annual Christmas pageant. So here we are. That's how we arrived at the number full transparency on this radio show. If we know about it, you know about it. If we don't know about it, it doesn't exist. Sounds like one of the cheap signs you would see in a store uh, when you go in in the 60s or in my father's gas station. And we're going to talk about that a little bit uh, this morning, kind of focusing on uh, automotive things that have happened around the holidays and just the, uh, the the feeling that comes over car people when Christmas rolls around uh, or Hanukkah or any of the giving holidays. Uh, Easter is a good one because, you know, it has uh, Easter has so much to do with resurrection and giving. And let's face it, in this hobby, in this sport, in this thing we do with cars, we resurrect cars every day. We're uh, maybe the ultimate, ultimate environmentalists is that we take old cars and send them off to the landfill, to the, to the heap, we, uh, we restore them, we revive them, we resurrect them from piles of rust and lay hands on them so that they'll, you know, get nice and, um, and, and shiny and new. In some cases, maybe the guys, some guys don't have the money for the paint, so they don't get as shiny as new as they'd like to uh, quickly. But that's the, kind of the idea, you know, and... And let me tell you something, if you've ever restored a car, if you've ever put a car back together, you will always uh, remember how many times you said, oh, God, please help me, as you jammed your knuckles on a socket wrench or tried to get a pry bar up under your transmission so you could get the spline aligned with the flywheel, you know, all that kind of stuff. For the do-it-yourselfer, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know, there's a certain care that comes, a certain uh, a- attachment that comes with uh, with building a car. And I, I know, listen, you can go out now and buy cars from the factory uh, that, you know, have 700 horsepower and will knock the, the shorts off of anything out on the street. But that's not the idea. The idea sometimes is that you build a car together so that there's no two cars exactly like that. You get together with your speed shop guy, your friends, uh, you, you know, and you spend those cold winter nights uh, slipping in that uh, new transmission or uh, tuning up the motor or putting a different set of heads on a motor or doing all the things that, uh, that you do to get your car tip-top for springtime. And then you get that reward. The first, uh, wow, you know, I, I, uh, I just was going to say the first spring at Triple X. But we don't have Triple uh, X anymore. Uh, at least we're not going to, we don't know about it in the future. The Triple X root beer places, uh, the folks have closed that place. Uh, there's rumors swirling around that they're going to reopen somewhere else. I, I have no fur, more insight into it than maybe you do, unless you're Pete, the owner of the place. You probably have the best insight. But what a gathering that has been uh, for how many years? I mean, I don't know when I first came to Seattle uh, years ago, 1979 or something like that. Uh, people that I knew here that knew I was a car guy said, oh, man, you got to go out to the triple X Rupia. And I was, uh, okay, yeah, sure, all right. I mean, it's, uh, 
Why not? And I, you know, took the trip out to Issaquah and my mind was blown how many just incredible cars uh, showed up on a Sunday afternoon in this place. And I made a lot of great friends out there, you know, and people I knew, but yet had not interacted with them in, in many parts on the level of car culture. Uh, maybe they knew me from sports radio. Maybe they knew me from uh, the Mariners. Maybe they knew me from the uh, the Seahawks pregames and postgames and stuff like that. But this was my this was the, this was one of the things that I'd grown up with so for so long. You know the 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 idea of coming out on Christmas morning and seeing uh, the brand new Matchbox cars or the the brand new. Um, uh, uh, AMT model kits or Ravel model kits. I remember one year getting a, a model kit with uh, Ed Big Daddy Roth's uh, Rat Fink on it. I don't. I wasn't more than eleven years old or something, but it made such an impression on me that to this day, uh, next to and you see it if you look at the pictures of the reviews, right next to the beautiful. Uh, Infant of Prague that I have that rides my dashboard is uh, a little rat fink created by Ed Big Daddy Roth. So he finds his way into our uh, into our Christmas uh, psyche and onto the Christmas show uh, just as well as anybody else because that's the great thing about Christmas is and I know we've gotten to a point these days where you know well it's a uh, you know you have to be politically correct and you have to this and that and you know it's there's something about christmas that's supposed to bring people together uh it's not about this religion over that religion or this over that or anything. it's just it's a time in our lives where we every year try to stop and take notice of what we have created, what we have been fortunate enough to have been given over the past year, and also been fortunate enough to give somebody. And I know that there's always people who say, well, you know, there's, there's, there's nothing like getting a nice present for Christmas or your birthday, but Christmas is, the, is one that comes to mind. And I'm here to tell you that for me, I always like giving presents. I love, I get such a charge, such a thrill out of seeing somebody's face when you give them that present that you know touched their heart. That there's something about that that, that it, it, and it doesn't have to be the most expensive. It can be a meal at a restaurant that they always wanted to go to. It could be uh, a, a pen, uh, you know, or a, or a box of crayons and a coloring book, you know, something to kind of take your mind off of everything that's going on in the world. See, that's the great thing about, about Christmas. It's not that you go out. And I know people do this all the time. They go out and spend thousands of dollars on Christmas presents. And the great thing that, that we do I try to do at least, and I think is a, and I'm not trying to get preachy preachy here on you, but the idea that you can derive pleasure from somebody else's pleasure, that you can look at, um, uh, you know, a person receiving something that you went out and shopped for and figured out that they needed or wanted and go out and and, and, and get that. And, and make that person's life a little bit of a better place to live. That's, I mean, I don't know that there's a lot cooler than that in the world. I mean, it's a, you know, it's an ancient um, Indian art of Mudita, which is, uh, I'm going to name one of my cars Mudita before it's all over. But it's the act of taking pleasure in somebody else's pleasure. And this philosophy says that you will derive more pleasure out of giving somebody a present than you ever would 
receiving the present. Now, I'm not going to say if you hand me the keys to a, uh, a 2024 Z06 Corvette, then I'm not going to derive pleasure out of that because I would be kidding you. You know, I know, we all know that listening to the show that I would derive an immense pleasure out of that. But there would also be, um, there was, uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I had a Corvette test car, you know, press car. And we got in the car, my daughter and I, and, and we went to a parking lot and I said, here, you drive it. And there was such an intense feeling of joy and pride or pride and joy uh, from seeing her drive a Corvette. I mean, I've been proud of her for many things in my life that she has done, but seeing her drive that red Corvette, man, I got to tell you, it was great. It was one of those things that, uh, you know, and it wasn't Christmas, it was in the summer, but it was one of those things where the greatest gift you can give somebody is to give them something and just sit back and watch the difference it makes, even if it's just for a minute in that day. It's the spirit of Christmas, and it's and it's just so heartwarming. We have uh, our whole show today is really about the spirit of Christmas, about giving, about giving up of some uh, of oneself to make the world a little bit better place. And again, we're not going to stop wars. We're not going to solve financial crises. We're not going to do that kind of stuff. But there's always every day the opportunity to make somebody's place a little bit nicer, make somebody's world a little bit better. Show somebody that they're cared about and cared for. Those opportunities exist for all of us. All of us. Every day, not just Christmas. So with that, we will uh, we will get our Christmas pageant cranked up and get things going. The first thing that I want to do is bring in our erstwhile producer, the man who makes this show run like no other show in the world, man. <laughs> it's I talk to radio hosts all over the world, Nathan, and they say, no, no, no. Nothing runs quite like Vinny and Nathan. In the, uh, or Vin- Nathan and Vinny, you're the star of the show. I'm just happy to be hanging out here. Good morning, Pally. How are you? Hey, good morning, Vinny. Happy uh, Eve of Christmas Eve to you. Uh, happy, to, uh, happy Christmas two days removed. Yes. <laughs> However you want to put it. It's almost here. Well, it's the season. You know, it's just the whole... It's not just the, um, uh, you know, the fact that Christmas is coming, but it's the lights up on houses. It's seeing, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you go to neighborhoods, you see people caroling. Uh, if you go to church, it's all festooned up in, in its Christmas regalia. You know, it just looks so cool. That's right. You know, and, um, uh, you know, it's even a part of the year where if you're not Christian, you still look around at things and go, wow. That's that's you know you you, you want to be a a part of it mm-hmm. you know a, a part of that spirit. What are you uh, what are your big plans for Christmas, Nathan? What, you, did, did you get a new car? I hope. <laughs> well, <laughs> one of my friends actually just got a new car the other day. He took me out for a ride in it. It was a Mazda CX thirty Carbon Edition. Really? So yeah, that was uh, at least a little bit some sort of a new car in my world. Not my world, but close enough. That I know somebody who got a new car, but uh, not for me yet. Still going strong with mine. Well, you got to figure that uh, there used to be this. Um, there used to be this uh, 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 announcer, sports announcer in Pittsburgh, and he used to talk about the hidden vigorish. Mm. And the hidden vigorish was that if things near you fall into place around you, eventually. It'll fall into place for you. <laughs> you know? Well, who knows? And, maybe uh, a new car is coming up pretty soon. We'll yeah, see. Maybe you, uh, maybe you got some hidden vigorish, not licorice, vigorish <laughs> going down. <laughs> Although when I first heard it, I thought it was he was saying a uh, uh, hidden licorice. I was like, what the hell does licorice have to do like with black this? licorice, <laughs> red licorice. Um, what's um. Uh, let's see. How can I say this without possibly giving it away? Um, if if 
can you can you give us like two or three of the top things on Nathan's uh, wish list this year? Two of the top three things on Nathan's wish list this year. That's uh, kind of hard to say because I already opened up the Christmas presents. Oh, that's right. You had uh, Yeah, a, a, I went up family. and celebrated an early Christmas with my brother and his family over in Kentucky. Wow, n- nice. Now, how did it... Um, and they have a young daughter, if I'm not mistaken, yes. right? Yep. And uh, how, how was it... Did you get a chance to at least look at it through the eyes of a child? A uh, two-year-old child, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, they, it was like, oh boy, new. It, at that age, it's kind of like, oh boy, new toys to play with. Right. Like, it just feels like things. almost like another day. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's but give it a couple years, and then they'll start, you know, understanding Santa Claus and uh, all that stuff, and getting excited for the Christmas day. And yeah, when they're two gifts. years old. Yeah, when they're two years old, every day is Christmas, Yes, right? exactly. Life is good. Toys, rattles, this, that, the other thing, boom, coming down. It's all it's all good at that point. There's mm-hmm. nothing, there's really not much to be except, uh, you know, you drop a load in your pants every once in a while or something like that. And you can get upset about that. But other than that, <laughs> and even then, somebody cleans it up for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she sends or, back gifts of her own. <laughs> hey, Ma, I got a present for you. Until uh, <laughs> you hit a certain age. Uh, so now that you celebrate Christmas with your family, uh, what are you going to do for Christmas? Do you just get up, go to church? and? Yeah, it's just going to be a typical, you know, get up and go to church type day. I'll probably have a special dinner at home, too, but uh, not nothing really all that big as far as the celebration goes. We've pretty much taken care of that basis. Yeah, yeah. You just you can you can just sit back and consciously yeah. watch football the whole day if you want. And exactly. Feel comfortable about it. You've had the family connection. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Well, I'm 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 glad, Nathan. I know that we did not get a chance to hook up this week, but uh, we'll when I get back uh, up to Seattle uh, after uh, being down here with family, we'll uh, we'll put a nice little Christmas dinner on, or a little Christmas lunch, and. Um, and uh, so Christmas will turn into not just a, um, you know, one day of celebration, but a part of a several day celebration. Yep. I'd be awesome. very happy to get together with you next week. Good, good. Um, do you have, uh, by some strange twist of the imagination, do you have a question you might want to ask me this morning? Well, I'd like to see what you're opening up in your Christmas car week by asking, yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Oh, Nathan. Nathan, such. That's a segue, pally. <laughs> you know, people in our business have forgotten how to do that. That is, that's a uh, a force majeure of segueing, pal. And that's, we're not talking, so you're saying you're driving a Segway? You got like that two-wheeled scooter that the mall <laughs> cops drive? <laughs> no, I am not driving one of those two. I, you know, I have driven one of those. I don't know if you've ever been on one. Uh, no. But they, um, when I was over at Cairo, they brought uh, one or two of them. I think there was two of them around for a while. And we got to take them out and, you know, just play with them out in the street and go drive it on them. It was an interesting experience. It's not that I'd want to be on eight hours, mm. you know. I could see you kind of get, but it was good for getting around, except, you know, you bump into things because there's, there's a learning <laughs> curve. You don't just yeah. get on one and go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. Well, what am I driving this week, Nathan? Uh, I thought you'd never ask. This week I am uh, road testing out the Hyundai Tucson, which is um, pound for pound one of the best little SUVs out there. If you're in the market for that small SUV. Uh, that uh, you know is is comfortable, stylish, has beautiful lines that they've put on in, in this thing, uh, and a, a number of just solid tech goodies that make this car not only a pleasure to drive, but also a, a, a pleasure to look at and a pleasure to get into as a passenger. That's the one thing about the Tucson. I just took it on. 
a trip from Seattle down to the San Francisco Bay Area, and it handled anything that the elements could throw at it, which is in one of these vehicles something that you have to look at. You know, if it's snowing, if it's raining, does the car drift? If you put it into snow mode or into sport mode, do you, um, do you feel confident and comfortable driving the car? And uh, the Hyundai Tucson answers all those questions affirmatively. You get into this thing, and it really feels like you're you're driving a solid vehicle. It doesn't feel cheap. It doesn't feel um, thrown together. Uh, the fit and finish is good on the car. Uh, it really, again, it, it just feels it feels classier than it probably is. If if you get that, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, it, it just feels that the car has more substance to it than you expect out of that class of car. Not to mention all the high tech goodies that are in there. One of my favorites is, uh, you know, you have a a switch in there. You have a gauge that indicates everything. Is you know, you have a one of my favorite inventions in any car is that blind spot monitor is actually a camera in the rear view mirror. So if you make a right and you look onto your dashboard after you look at your mirror first, there's a little picture of the blind spot of your car right there on the dashboard so that you have an idea of what's coming up on your right in spots that you can't normally see. Same thing on the left. There's a... uh, I guess it's uh, the mirror is located under the outside rear view mirror and it shoots the car back and into the the uh, adjoining lane and it gives you a clear view of what's going on. So if you use that in conjunction with the um, the blind spot monitor uh, that emanates from the bottom of the camera, uh, it, it's hard to unless you just hit the signal and go without looking. It makes it hard to make a mistake. And it gives you the opportunity to uh, look before you go. And I mean, how many accidents do we see out there uh, that are accidents that, you know, you you hit that lever and boom, you, you just immediately go over into that lane. This car enables you to look into the lane next to you. Not a long look, but one that should be taken every time you change a lane. You, you, you should never change a lane if you're not sure what's there. And the Hyundai Tucson gives you that uh, satisfaction as, a, as owners, a little safety spot. Besides the fact that these are pretty safe cars, uh, so far they've looked uh, really good in the, uh, the NHTSA crash tests uh, that are performed by the federal government and, uh, you know, give us an indicator of how safe this car will react in a collision. It is um, a, a well-powered vehicle, a little turbo four in there, uh, zips it all around town, has a regular transmission, uh, not a CVT, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, and that um, gingerly moves the car along. And uh, the handling, the suspension, the modes that you can put it into from snow to um to uh, uh, economy and sport. And there's another one in there too. I forgot now, but there's, there's four different modes of driving. And each of them help you respond to the particular driving condition that you're in. And Hyundai has been one of the people that have pioneered this thing uh, to where you get in that car. And if, the, if it's not a day where you're going to use sporty driving, Well, you have uh, an option to go for a more sedately tuned version of the vehicle that will accomplish what you want to do in that case, which is be safe on the road. And it's, uh, uh, again, it's a, it's a, I know that Hyundai has, has had a few recall problems in their past. They seem to be ironing them out. Many manufacturers get into them, uh, for some reason. Uh, but they seem to be uh, working. They have a warranty. It's like, you know, 10 years and 100,000 miles. So if anything does go wrong with the car, you just march it back up the avenue to the dealer. And you say, fix this. 
and they fix it. Very easy. Uh, the, uh, the, the model that I'm driving this week in this uh, Hyundai Tucson is a uh, you know, two-seater, uh, four-cylinder. Uh, as I said, with the auto, you only get a automatic transmission. You can't hardly find a, a manual transmission anymore in a car. But uh, this particular car, uh, from soup to nuts, without um, tax and license, uh, you're probably in the neighborhood of about thirty-two, thirty-three thousand bucks. Which I know sounds like a lot of money, but these days it's not a lot of money. It's a sharp car. It uh, does the job well. It is a comfortable driving car, comfortable riding car, comfortable car to sit in. And uh, you see a million of these cars out and around the streets. Uh, Hyundai's really done a good job of, uh, of marketing them and getting, getting them into the hands of people for, you know, uh, to get out there and, and, and to, for people to have, a, a, you know, a, a financially decent alternative to some of the uh, smaller SUVs that are, that are hovering near 40000 bucks. This one comes in a little less, and, it's just, and it seems to be, again, a solid car. Of course, you should always, before your car, go on, buy your car, go on Consumer Reports, go into different magazines and read the in-depth interviews, uh, in-depth analyses that we don't have the time to lay out here. It would take me an hour to, to do it. But uh, I always tell people that when you hear me doing a review, if that piques your interest, you know, check the enthusiast magazines, check the car reviews in the newspapers, uh, check our online archive of car reviews, because there's always more to know. And if you're going to spend, uh, you know, with what tax everything is going to come out to 50,000 bucks almost for a vehicle, you probably should know a little more than, ooh, the leather feels cool on my butt. Probably should know a little more than that. <laughs> I'm just saying. But feel the riding, you know, know about the riding dynamics, how does it react in situations, actually drive the car. Don't go Google because it has nice lines on the side of it or something like that. There's more to, uh, more to cars than style. Boy, did I just say that? I can't believe I just said that. But uh, anyway, we'll have a full review of the Hyundai Tucson coming up in a future show, not uh, too distant future. And we'll give you more lowdown on that particular vehicle and where it stands in relation to other vehicles uh, of its like, kind, and quality. All right, we're going to take a real quick break here. We're going to come back, and uh, my good friend Jeff Zerschmidt is going to join us. He is involved in something that will warm your heart for Christmas. We're going to warm your heart for Christmas. I promise you on the Christmas pageant, we have friends step up and warm people's hearts. And that was what will happen next right here on Drive Time Radio. This overheated radiator shouldn't have happened. Or this street windshield in the rain. Or this dead battery here. Shouldn't somebody check those things for you every time? Texaco dealer does, that's his promise. Your Texaco dealer not only promises to check the things everyone ought to, he'll double check too. He'll check your battery, double check the battery cables, check your oil, double check the fan belt, check your radiator, double check the radiator cap, clean your windshield, and double check the wiper blades. What's more, your Texaco dealer's service and courtesy includes a smile and a thank you. That's his promise. You can trust your car to the man who wears the star. The big, bright Texaco star. Real people, real life, real radio. Alternative Talk, 1150. All right, we are back. They're on Drive Time Radio. Johnny Cash, what better way to be brought back? What better way to introduce a good friend of mine who is down there in Portland slaving his fingers away uh, as he <laughs> edits magazines and writes articles and helps little doggies get from one place to another in this fair land of ours. Jeff Zerschmied is, um, 
Well, are you now the boss over at the Mercedes Benz magazine, or just uh, just one of the uh, one of the high office people? No, no, no. I am the boss. I uh, I run a magazine called the Star, which is the the membership magazine for the Mercedes Benz Club of America. So we we look back at 130 plus years of history of the Mercedes Benz brand. And uh, where the brand is going, because they're you know a leader in uh, in electrification and in, in tech generally, and uh, and in performance. So uh, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, you have. Uh, I mean, and, and I know a lot of people in the United States always think, well, it was Henry Ford that invented the car, which we all know. <coughs> no, 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 no. He, he perfected the way of making it for mass production, but it was really a uh, uh, Daimler and Benz and uh, those people who were taking horses off of carriages and slipping little um, electric. I, I don't, I, I don't remember if they did electric, but little gasoline engines in yeah. those uh, buggies and shooting them around Germany. Well, they did. A, they they experimented with electric uh, back in the day. They experimented with a lot of stuff, and uh, but yeah, the Benz patent motor wagons like eighteen eighty eight. Um, they were they were making little one cylinder three wheeled um, carts. I mean, there's no other way to talk about them, but you know, they're sort of like little wheelie carts <laughs> that had a motor. It's uh, it's always fascinating to me. I, I've never been there. I want to go, uh, but the Mercedes Benz Museum, with is in is it Stuttgart? I forget. In now. Stuttgart, yeah. Yeah, and Stuttgart um, is a fascinating place from the pictures I've seen and the prayer that one day Mercedes will take me over there and show it to me. Wouldn't person, that be nice? Uh, yeah. You know, to um, uh, just to look back at, at the innovation and the development of things that we take for granted today in cars that show up on Mercedes-Benz. Right, right. Like uh, uh, Mercedes-Benz invented the crumple zone. Uh, yeah. You know, huge safety thing. And uh, they they uh, they held the patent on it, but they let everybody else. They published it and let everybody else uh, build their cars that way because it increases safety for everyone. I, I remember when they first had the, the, the crumple zones that they were using them in in uh, some of the cars. That I thought it was uh, that darn crumple zone because my father you know used to do auto body work sure yeah have right. to those things out. and it was so well built you know and, and absorbed so much impact and spread it out in places that it hadn't been spread out before that you know as a guy who did auto body work for years he just looked at it and went ah, yeah know? right huh. <laughs> i don't i didn't sign up for physics here i just signed up to straight metal um, <laughs> yeah totally one of the cool things that you've done, Jeff, and it's not just you. I mean, it's a bunch of people. I'm proud to say many of them from the organization that we both belong to together, NOAPA, which is the Northwest Automotive Press Association, have, I think this is, is this the second or third year? This I forget now. Second year. Second year. Uh, you gave up some of your time at the busy holiday season, as did uh, several journalists, to uh, jump in cars and bring dogs across the country. Uh, in yeah. Operation Frodo. Tell, tell me a little bit about this. Well, uh, it started last year. Um, Nick Miles, friend of ours who's on uh, KXL Radio this afternoon from 1 to 3 here in Portland um, with uh, the Our, Our Auto Expert show, um, he had a truck that he wanted to donate to a, uh, a, a dog shelter. And the truck was designed, it had crates built into the back and everything. It was designed for going out and retrieving um, abandoned or lost dogs. And so he wanted to donate it to this shelter or rescue agency, not really a shelter, um, called uh, uh, Bassett and Beagle Rescue of the Heartland. And they're located in Omaha, Nebraska. And um, so what we did was we arranged this uh, system where we drove the car in shifts, this truck, this Nissan truck that he had, um, out from Portland to Omaha, and then they donated it to the shelter. And then Nick uh, brought back, I think, four dogs last year, of which Nick adopted two of them himself. Um, four beagles were brought back from Omaha to the Northwest. And he arranged adopting families for, for the other two. And it worked out so well. And it turns out that there's this uh, surplus of beagles in the Midwest. 
So like in the center, right in the center of the country, there's uh, for one reason or another, there's just too many beagles and not enough demand. But up here where we live in the Pacific Northwest, people would love to adopt beagles, but there aren't enough to adopt. Yeah. Um, so class, so you've got this classic problem, right? It's like Smokey and the Bandit in reverse, right? There's <laughs> there's beagles in Omaha, and 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 people want beagles in Seattle. So um, Nick said, "Well, let's expand this idea." And so what we did this year was uh, we got four automakers. We got uh, we got Ford to lend us an Expedition, Hyundai lent us uh, a Santa Fe. Um, Nissan lent us a Pathfinder Rock Creek Edition, really nice, um, yeah, and uh, and Subaru loaned us a Crosstrek Sport, and we um, we got journalists in the Midwest, uh, like uh, like um, Harvey Briggs was uh, was a big leader in that. Tanya Gazdick, um, and, Sue a, and Mead, a, I think was involved in that too. And and who? Sue Mead, I think. Sue Mead, Sue Mead went the whole distance. Um, we're uh, all writers for different uh, magazines. <laughs> yeah. for, and you've probably seen these people on TV or yeah. uh, read their stuff. You just don't, you know, it doesn't click sometimes exactly yeah. the cases. So there are they're from um Sue's from Massachusetts. Um Harvey and Tanya are from Michigan, Wisconsin area. Uh Tia Collier uh, came up from Texas. And those journalists drove the vehicles from their media markets to Omaha. Um, and, uh, I should mention also that, that, that Ford, Hyundai, Nissan, and, and Subaru also donated some money to help make all this happen. Wow. Um, as well as some others like drive shop up in your area was part of it. Um, yeah. and, and a bunch of others, uh, gave money and, uh, so that we, we could have motel rooms and fuel and stuff along the way. And uh, they all drove these four vehicles to Omaha, where we loaded up this time twelve beagles. Wow! Um, and believe me, twelve beagles is is like enough energy to power the entire United States. They're they were uh, they're active really, dogs. Beagles yeah, are active dogs. Active running dogs, and four of them were little puppies. So um, so they were just running all over the place. Um, and we partnered with uh, La Quinta Inns along the way too. Uh, La Quinta mm-hmm. is a dog-friendly hotel. Like they want everybody to know, if you have a dog and you're 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 out traveling, La Quinta will hook you up with a good room, and they're okay with your dog. And uh, they waived fees for us. La Quinta um, made a goodie bag for each dog with toys and treats and stuff. Um, really generous stuff. And uh, and we drove from. Um, from Omaha, we drove uh, we drove to Denver, and two of the dogs got dropped off in Denver. And then uh, the next night, they drove to Salt Lake City, and that's where I picked up the 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 trail. Um, is I flew into Salt Lake and uh, took over for Harvey, who flew home to Wisconsin. And uh, then we drove from Salt Lake to Boise, and uh, on the last day, we drove from Boise to Portland. And we handed off the dogs to two rescue agencies here in the Northwest, Cascade Beagle Rescue in Portland and Seattle Beagle Rescue in Seattle. Each of them got five dogs. And uh, for the most part, these dogs already had adoptive families waiting for them. Wow. Um, and uh, so we did that. And uh, and we, we delivered the cars back to the automakers at the end of the trip. Um, but it was fantastic. We... Um, <clears throat> we journalists who were who were driving um, on the way also kept the dogs with us in our hotel rooms at night. So like in Boise, I had these two puppies that were just running around the room, just tearing around the room everywhere. They, they were running for hours and hours and hours. And I thought, oh, I'm not getting any sleep tonight. But then, you know, of course, I turned the light out and they go into their crate and they just crashed like puppies. Well, yeah, you're extending all that energy all the yeah, time. Yeah, and, and, and they slept through the night. And then, uh, you know, during the day, we would stop for gas, you know, give the puppies a little. We arranged our gas stops at, uh, at gas stations that have little dog parks in them. And wow. so we could give the puppies a chance to have a bio break and, uh, you know, run around a little bit. Um, and uh, it was just really fun. Um, I'll tell you, there were there were a couple of those dogs if they didn't already have homes, I probably would have brought one home. Um, they're they're just such pleasant animals 
um, you know, really fun, active, you know, these beagles want to climb in your lap and lick your face. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was really great. And we got, so we made a big difference in, in the lives of a dozen beagles who got out of a rescue situation. At least one of them came from a medical lab, you know, uh, others had been abandoned or, you know, I mean, really sad backstories in some cases. Um, but we were able to take them and deliver them to, uh, families who really want them just in time for Christmas and, uh, you know, make a huge difference in the lives of these families and in these, in, and saving the lives of these beagles. It's, it's really, I mean, it's such a heartwarming story because it's a simple thing. I mean, if you really think about it, the manufacturers have the cars, they have the beagles, you know, what you need here. <laughs> Biggest investment is time and gasoline, and you know, in a busy time of year, for you guys to take some time out and um, and, and do this is just such a you know. We always hear stories about people that don't care, people this, people that. There's so many people that do care about these things out there. Oh, absolutely. There's just regular people, uh, and it's nice to hear those stories. Uh, you know, at this time of year where you're kind of reminded that this season is a, mm-hmm. is not just about getting a present, but giving something, giving of yourself, you know, to, to go out and make some animal's world, uh, some person's world a little bit better, right? Yeah, and, um, you know, no matter where you live, I guarantee you that there is a, uh, a cat or dog rescue uh, agency uh, working probably, and it's and they're really most of them. Ninety percent of them are little mom and pop operations, yeah. where you know just somebody steps up and says, "I will be a foster family for these animals while they're waiting for uh, for their uh, for their forever home," as they call it. Um, and this is uh, this is really I, I have to say a lot of people put in a lot of work. Nicole Wakelin uh, up in in New Hampshire, uh, she sort of was the coordinator for all the all the um, the money and the cars and everything else. Harvey did all of the uh, work on uh, scheduling everything and making sure we had hotels to stay at and who was going to be driving in what car. Uh, I spent a day in the Subaru. Um, I love the Crosstrek anyway. The Crosstrek is yeah. such a fabulous vehicle, and it worked really well. It was it was nice to drive um, there in the Intermountain West. And then the second day I spent in the uh, Nissan Pathfinder, Totally luxurious, you know, heated seats, heated steering wheel, whole whole shot. Um, really nice vehicles to drive on on this uh, sixteen hundred and fifty mile journey. Um, but I, I have to save the the highest praise for Nick Miles. And you know, yeah, you and, Nick is a good friend of both of ours. You know him. Um, you know, nobody loves dogs and cares for these animals more than Nick. And Nick really, you know, he's the one who gets out there and 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 gets the automakers to to get involved in this and it's not hard you know subaru does a lot with uh, uh, animal yeah, adoption the campaign is based on dogs right and uh and and nissan hyundai ford you know uh we we probably could have gotten half a dozen more cars if we if we had just asked the yeah. different automakers for them I and mean, the automakers jump on this stuff they love it uh, how was it now, I don't know if you're a dog guy or not, but I, I'm not, I don't have a dog. I love them, but I just don't have one. How is it driving across country with the dogs? Did you have to have them in cages? Were, were they allowed to yeah. be out, out the vehicle? Or, or how well, was that? It's, it's, uh, it's not safe to, to have a dog loose in the car with you yeah. um, when you're driving. Um, so so uh, your choices are you put them in a harness and you, you sort of attach them to the seatbelt. Um, which they don't like very much because they they don't like being restrained. Uh, what we did was we we did the the next best thing was we put them in a crate and we tied the crates down in the back of the SUVs. So the dogs are protected in the crate in the event you know of an accident. They don't fly through the car and and you know cause more problems. Um, I mean we didn't have any accidents thank God. Um, you know. Yeah, really. Uh, but uh, but we keep them in crates, and and dogs like crates. They like that enclosed area. It makes them feel safe. And so the dogs, uh, you know, even if they even if they sort of say, I don't want to go back in the crate right now. I want to run around. Um, once you get them in the crate, you get the car started moving. They just settle right down. So so most of the time, you could forget that they were back there. Um, they they just uh, rode in the cars really well, and we would stop. And we had our own little uh, little uh, fenced 
um, you know, playpen for them, especially for the puppies. Right. But we would take them out and the, all the dogs had leashes and everything else. So we would take them out, walk them around and let them run around a little bit and play every couple of hours along the way. Well, Jeff, this, this is such a, I mean, such a great story. I hope next year that I can actually do this with you guys. I would love to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the road trip is great. You know, we just, we found a restaurant for dinner. We'd let the dogs run around for a couple of hours and then, then we would leave them in the hotel rooms in their crates and uh, we would go out to dinner. So we had some nice meals together, um, uh, you know, and uh, really a, a, a great, happy, fun atmosphere uh, throughout the entire thing. I made new friends. A few journalists that I didn't know came along on this. So I've got new friends now. Um, and, uh, you know, we did some good in the world. It's, it's a nice thing. At this age... When you can make a friend of somebody who's not involved in the medical profession, you're really <laughs> doing something. <laughs> right? All the new people in your life, doctors or yeah. Yeah, right. Some kind of something. Well, Jeff, listen, this is a this is a good thing that Nick did. This is a good thing that you did and everybody involved. I I'm really proud of you as a automotive journalist, as a guy that knows you for a long time, sure. uh and knows Nick that you guys were able to to do this and put this together and make a difference, excuse me, a yeah. difference in the life of, uh, of some dogs and some people, man, really, really good Christmas spirit kind of story, man. I love it. Now it feels good to be involved. Jeff, thanks so much, man. Have a Merry Christmas uh, to you, you too, and brother. Family. And I will talk to you soon, pal. All righty. Have a good one. All right. Take care. Jeff Zerchmead uh, is uh, just a, a great guy. And you get a chance to hear a story of, uh, of accomplishment. I mean, you really get a chance to, uh, uh, you know, and it, these are small acts of kindness that you can do, that people can do to uh, to make a dog or a person's world a little bit better. All right, I know I'm, I'm yapping here. We got to get to uh, our uh, um, Saturday morning cartoon because what would a Christmas pageant be without music? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please uh, listen up because you may always think of Santa Claus, but even Santa Claus, some years, needs an assist from the truckers. Merry Christmas, yo. There you go. How the truckers saved Christmas. And how did they save Christmas? By just doing what they do. Bill Weaver, uh, I believe, is the uh, artist uh, that has done that, a longtime country artist. One of the, you know, there's, there's a section of country music uh, that is kind of dedicated to truck drivers and the people who get our goods across the, the country and to our local stores. And uh, Bill Weaver is one of those people who have been singing about that for many, many years. And uh, it's just uh, kind of cool to be able to uh, play that. Again, how the truckers save Christmas. I'm sure it's uh, probably in the jukebox of every truck stop from here to Abilene. Texas, that is, y'all. Abilene, Texas. Oh, man. All right. We're coming up on the uh, the closing moments of the show. Next week, we will have um, our final show of the year. And um, we will uh, announce the uh, top five cars uh, that I did not want to give back. We've got it down to about 20. And... Uh, we're going to ferret the good ones out and and present them to you next week. So don't miss that show. All right, we're going to close it out uh, this week with uh, something that I've been doing for years. Uh, I wrote this years ago, and it's just one of my favorite pieces that I get to do all years. This is uh, our uh, drive time road test uh, as we take a look at one of the well-known most well-known vehicles of all time, Santa Sleigh. The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, welcome to a very special Christmas edition of Drive Time as I take a look at a vehicle that we've all seen at some point in our lives, but none of us have ever driven, Santa Sleigh. Now, of course, Santa wouldn't let me drive this way, but he did take me for a test run. It's a very, very cool machine. First off, no top, no doors. So you would think 
that it's pretty cold inside and the presents would be falling out all over the place. But the hot chocolate-powered heater system guarantees that St. Nick will be able to stay warm as he stops off at chimneys all over the world. And a specially constructed storage area is bigger than any SUV or truck as it can hold all of the presents for all of the children in the world and not one ever falls out, no matter what kind of weather Santa hits on Christmas Eve. Now, the bright candy apple red sleigh is powered by a nine reindeer herd that is able to get it up in the air at blinding speed fast enough for Santa to hit all seven continents in 24 hours. And it has a braking system that will stop the sleigh at every chimney where cookies and milk are waiting for them. The ride is firm and steady, and instead of a GPS, get this, one of those reindeer has a red nose that guides the sleigh. Now, the nose didn't seem to have Bluetooth. There's only one seat in the sleigh, a front bench seat with no padding. Seems Santa takes care of that himself. Santa didn't seem to remember what he paid for the sleigh, so I can't give you a sticker price, but you couldn't go out and buy one anyway. As we all know, Santa's sleigh is a one-of-a-kind custom job. EPA figures on the sleigh put mileage at about 25,000 miles per gallon of lichen. Now, Santa's sleigh wasn't the most comfortable ride out there, nor the warmest, nor the shiniest, as it is pretty old. But as far as reliable, he hasn't missed a Christmas yet. That's a special edition of Drive Time. Catch me on the web at drivetime-radio.com. Have a merry, merry Christmas. There you go. It's uh, an annual tradition here on our Drive Time Radio Christmas pageant. Uh, we get a chance to uh, employ the... Uh, the thoughts of a, a car reviewer that would um, that would review Santa's sleigh, and uh, I loved writing. I wrote that years ago. I've I've always loved it, uh, and, and I've gotten a lot of great compliments from different car companies. I usually send it out at Christmas time, just as uh, as a, a Merry Christmas and a thank you uh, to so many people, which is uh, gonna be what we're gonna say here: a very Merry Christmas. And uh, a thank you for listening throughout the year, uh, for supporting the show. Uh, the folks that have uh, chipped in and supported this show along the way, our good friend George Jackson, uh, the folks at the Seattle International Auto Show, and so many people who make uh, Drive Time Radio uh, able to be here on the air every week at uh, 8 o'clock on uh, Saturday morning. Of course, uh, and the man we couldn't do this without, well, we probably could, but it'd be a heck of a less of a show. Uh, is of course our uh, producer Nathan, who is uh, who is uh, just as a good inspiration, youthful energy to have around the show is a very, very, very good thing. Um, and uh, and I thank him for helping the show uh, move along as it does. As I said, next week we will have uh, the top five cars I did not want to give back of 2023. It's an impressive list once again. Until next week, thank you all so much uh, for listening to the show. We thank you uh, and wish that you have a Merry Christmas, uh, a Christmas that brings family and friends and everything together and makes a bright light uh, in your life for the final week of the year. Have a very Merry Christmas, and we will see you next Saturday morning at 8 if the Lord's willing and the creek don't rise. Merry Christmas.